Welcome to Deep Condition Combos, a safe space to discuss Black hair care and Black girl problems. I am your host, Shakita, and this episode, I am joined by Carl, aka Mr. Goodstitch. Now, all of my episodes are special to me in my own way, but this one in particular stands out because, one, Carl is the first man to ever, ever be on deep condition combos. All of my other guests have been women. And um, so Carl, you have made deep condition combo history by being the first man on our show. Um, Secondly, we talk about hair, faith, and fatherhood. Uh, So Carl, Mr. Goodstitch, has a booming business where he specializes in glueless lace closures. And in this episode, we have natural conversation around his business, around his faith, and around how he balances it all as a father. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was such a good time. It felt like home. And I hope you learn a little bit about hair care, about faith, and around what fatherhood looks like. Enjoy. Because I was like, how is this man getting... All this business, not that it's not possible, uh-huh. not that I don't believe it, but it's, you know, um, it just seems like you have a strong a following, you have a strong business. And I'm like, most men that do women's hair, specifically extensions, and if I'm mm-hmm. saying it wrong, tell me, but I don't it's know okay. Like, that's really hard to get close to a woman like that. Women, some I know men who have um, women in their lives and they've never seen their real, their hair. real hair. I've seen that. And you out here. Mr. Goodstitch, <laughs> <laughs> doing his hair. Absolutely. So okay, so that was so. How was that? Was that the first time you dealt with someone who had problem areas to where they were ashamed to, to take the hat off? Or um, was it wasn't the first time. The first time yeah. I had a situation like that, um, I was in college, and this girl asked me to do her sewing, and I said, "Sure, I can make it happen." And she didn't tell me anything, so there was mm-hmm. no warning. There was no headline that, you know, I may have a, a challenge of actually attaching the hair because I don't use glue. I don't use adhesives. Right. So right. she showed up and, you know, a lot of the middle of her crown was oh, gone. So at that time, you know, I hadn't really dealt with alopecia clients, but I had to think fast. Um, I was doing weaving nets, but for what she had booked for, a we- I, I didn't need a weaving net, so I didn't, I didn't have one prepared. So mm-hmm. I never forget, I was a college student and I'm like, man, I can't get a weaving net because I know if I could get my hands on the weaving net, I could braid around that, place yeah. the net over it and yeah. do what I need to do. Yeah. But everything was closed. This was a Sunday night. You know, the beauty supplies uh-huh. are closed. Yeah. So I looked around my room and all of a sudden I see my mesh pop-up basket. You know, the laundry baskets? Mm-hmm. And the light bulb went off. So I cut up my laundry basket and that was the first laundry basket sewing I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't say nothing. No, I she mean, she you know, she knew that I, I was limited on options. Yeah, yeah. But she said a lot. I mean, she was so grateful, you know, that I was able to do her hair, that I was able to do it without the use of adhesives. And yeah, that's really good. what she was also happy about is that when she took off her hat, my reaction wasn't something yes. that would make her feel less than or that's it would boring. make her feel awkward. So, you know, we I barely addressed it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I barely addressed that it was there. I wanted to know what it was coming from. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I know what I can can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. But I didn't address it a lot. 
But I found that laundry basket. I cut it up like I would do a weaving nut, and that's how I did her sewing. So, yeah, that was my first sign. But for her not to even tell me, I realized it was something that she probably wasn't so comfortable with speaking about. Yeah, the sensitive area. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So you've been, how long have you been doing that? So college, what school you go to? I went to Rowan University. So it's outside of Philly. And uh, so it's right outside of Philly. It's, um, but in Jersey though, on the Jersey side. Yes, I definitely heard the accent. It's very much different. Northeast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say New York. You know, no, I moved. Just, just Northeast. I got you. When I moved to North Carolina, everybody kept saying, "Are you from New York?" I'm like, I don't sound like a New Yorker. You know, in New York, they drive cars, they drink coffee, and they park the car near the yard. See, that's Boston. Yeah, that's in Boston too. too. Yeah. But in South yeah. Jersey, we drive cars and we drink coffee. Oh, cars. Oh, you got that. We park our Yeah. We don't disrespect the R like that. Yeah, y'all do. Y'all cut them real short. But I would say I enjoy the accent. Uh-huh. I do. But I think it's because I am Southern born. So I, I enjoy the North. I'm like, oh, okay. I like say, say something else. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. So, I hear you. So, yeah. So, college. Okay. Well, college, mm-hmm. that really wasn't my start. Um, okay. For me, my grandmother, she was a pioneer in hair. My grandmother was Atlantic City's she would do French rolls in my grandmother's barbershop. Oh, wow. Yeah. I about French <laughs> the French rolls. <laughs> then my cousin, Sonia Nixon, she passed not too long ago, but Sonia Nixon, she was, if you wanted those high up dudes back yeah, in the 90s, yeah. Sonia Nixon or Sonia Lee, she was the person to go to. Sonia. Yeah. And then it's she started teaching. Too? This was in Jersey. Okay. So, you know, hair was in the family. A lot of my, um, my uncle's sons, they're all barbers as well. So hair was in the family, uh, but my grandmother, you know, she was on the other side of things. She was a woman working right. in a male-dominated industry, you know, and she yeah. had no reservations to doing it, you know. But um, that was my first exposure to hair. But for me doing hair, growing up, I always had to babysit my nieces and my nephews. My nieces had tons of hair. They had long, thick yeah. hair, and my sister would never let them go outside unless their hair was done. So we mm-hmm. wanted to go out and play. If we wanted time outside, I had to learn how to do hair. So that was my first experience with hair. Okay, wow. And you babysat your nieces. And my nieces and my nephew, yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> I remember my childhood um, when my mom and my stepmom, if they weren't around, they would leave us with our dad. And my dad cannot do hair. Like he, <laughs> he would... He would just comb it straight back, like he would uh-huh. brush it back, and he'll like he'll comb it and he'd put his hand on. He'd be like, "All right," <laughs> and I was just like, Dad. "Well, tell me this: was this during the time of relaxers? Yes, it was natural time of relaxers. Okay. I'm very much an '80s baby, but '90s kid. I got you. Yes, I got you. Much. Yeah, because if you if you comb that natural straight back, oh, once no. he once he takes yeah. his hands off, you know it's gonna puff right back yes. up. Yes, no, good <laughs> relax, but he just he didn't know how to do a ponytail. He didn't know how to. Do Jail, so he would just brush it back and be like, "All right, y'all go ahead." And I was just like, "Okay." I look back at those pictures. And I'm like, "Okay, you could have. You didn't have to do this like that." Well, I'll be honest. I mean, I remember um, one of the first times. You know, I'm like, I really want to go out, and my nieces are like, "Well, you know, mommy doesn't let us go out without our hair done." So my first experience was something like that. Mm-hmm. Then my sister was like, "What did you do? This looks crazy." I'm like, "Well, we wanted to get outside." So then, you know, she showed me how to, you know, put the brush in some water wet the hair, mm-hmm. use a little leave-in conditioner. 
Back then, okay. now yeah. you wouldn't hear this nowadays, but oh, back then they used to like Blue Magic. Oh yeah. no, I know about <laughs> pink yeah. Oh, the pink lusters, yes. Okay, I like pink lusters. Like it's yeah. People sleep on it, but I still use the hot oil treatment. I don't care what I say. It works for my hair. So you got to give homage to, to the uh, old school or, you know, some of the people that started. Absolutely. Um, the hair products are just like products for black and brown hair. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, hair was a lot healthier back then. You think you so? Know? I think so. Like, I feel okay. like... Although, like, I'm, I'm not the stylist that is going to kick people's back in for using relaxers, right? Right. Um, and I'm also not the stylist who dislikes uh, naturals. I love natural mm -hmm. hair as well. But I feel like ladies had better practices in the 90s. I feel mm -hmm. like back then, um, I don't know, not all, but I feel like back then, you know, if somebody got a relaxer, they went to the salon every two weeks they got their ends clipped. They got deep conditions. They got protein treatments. Yeah. They, they, you know, really cater to their hair. Nowadays, sometimes when women go natural, you know, there's a process to that. And a lot of times the salon is no longer part of that process. There's YouTube videos, yes. you know, so going natural isn't just meaning not, you know, you know, paying close attention to your hair, but you know, there's a whole process with that. Back then, we had salons. Salons mm -hmm. these days are becoming extinct. Everybody mm -hmm. is their own boss and we have studios. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So with yeah. that, I feel like it, it has a little, some drawbacks there. You know? I never thought about that, man. You're yeah. correct. I'm definitely a YouTube University scholar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I do have certain styles I go to. Like, I have someone I go to for color. I have someone that I may go to, like, for trim and treatments. But most of it is doing my own research and trial and error. I Absolutely. never thought about it like that. Yeah, so that that's, I mean, that's I see true. that. So, like I said, I'm pro-natural. I'm pro-relaxer. I'm pro-whatever is going to work best for that person. But I've seen some ladies who have had better hair practices being relaxed than actually being natural. No, you know you're what telling I mean? the truth. I'm, so, I remember being relaxed and that was it. Like every two weeks or if you come to every two weeks, every, you know, what, four to six weeks, when it's time to get that touch up, I would make sure that I went to get my touch up and all the other stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. my, I started doing hair really as a kid because I was always stuck with babysitting yeah, my, you know, yeah. siblings, my nieces, my nephews. And, you know, we, we wanted to go out and play and, as my nieces got older, you know, they prefer for me to do their hair versus my sister. Mm -hmm. So um, when my sister, when I was probably about 18, yeah. my sister said, hey, I'm going to go get stitched up. You're really good with your hands. You're really good with this hair naturally. She said, I bet you if you see this, you can do it. So I went with mm -hmm. her and um, a friend of mine from around the way, Tani, um, she was a friend of mine from around the way. Okay. She was also, she did like pageants and everything, but she did hair on the side mm -hmm. and she did my sister's first sewing. So I said, I don't know if I can do it. My sister said, I think you can. So I remember yeah. replicating it on my niece. Terrible. Okay. The first one was <laughs> terrible. I put it in and I took it right <laughs> back out. Yeah. And, uh, but then she said, try it again. I think you can do it. And I, I tried the next one yeah. and all of my older niece, all of my oldest nieces, friends wanted their hair done. By you? Yeah. Oh, they, see, they I'd, like, I, 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 I'd be like, no, nah, I can't get the family special. <laughs> I can't get the family treatment now. But yeah. okay. 
I, I probably would have too. If I had an uncle that could be here, I would call him and be like, uh, I don't even care what you're doing. Uh, make time for me. Oh, yeah. Not here. That's what it was like. Um, every yeah. picture day, I always had to come over to the house and oh, uh, take, take, take care of their hair. So. Oh, that's such yeah. a beautiful story. Wow. Are y'all close? Oh, my family? Your nieces? Very, very yes. close knit family. Okay, your family. Okay. Yeah, very close knit family. So. And I think that's wonderful that your sister encouraged you to be like, hey, come check this out and let's see if you. You can do it. Yeah, absolutely. It started there, but I didn't really start um, like taking care of clients Mm -hmm. until um, right before I hit college. You know, some I was in community college first, Mm -hmm. so I started taking care of a couple of ladies. But when I I remember um, a girl I was dating in college, um, she uh, we were watching. uh, I think it was a Tyler Perry movie and Tasha Smith (laughs) had a vibe and she said, man, I just, I love how every time she moves, it moves. I know what you're talking about. I remember that. That was it. I was like, how'd she do? Yes, I remember that. It was iconic. Yes. Yeah. So she loved that vibe. So I was like, you really like that vibe? I can make it happen. And she thought I was joking. So uh, we were laying in bed in our dorm room. <laughs> oh, okay, we know about that. <laughs> I know you're gonna know that twin. Don't you look back and be like, how can we fit in this twin? Bed? Oh, the extra long twin. <laughs> I'll be like, Lord, you know, oh, man. Bush, but yeah, yeah, I remember those. I definitely have some of those memories. But yeah, she thought I was playing, but I braided up her edges <laughs> and her mouth dropped. But I don't think she still believed me. I remember taking her home to uh, the Atlantic City area. We went to a um, um to this mall. Atlantic City used to have this really nice designer mall, and um, there was a girl in there, a friend of mine had did her hair, and uh, she worked at Burberry, so I introduced oh, yeah. her to my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and um, when we walked away, my girlfriend was like, man, her hair was really nice. I said, you like that? <laughs> she said, yeah. I said, uh, I did that. She said, ah. why do you keep telling me you don't hair? I said, listen, if you don't believe me, you right here, go ask her. So uh, she asked uh, her name was Brenda Rabs. Yeah. So she went to Brenda. Yeah. She said, excuse me, I don't mean to intrude, but did he do your hair? She was like, yeah, girl, he did my hair. You better get him to hook you up. <laughs> I, I, I kind of see where your, your girlfriend was coming from. Because, again, you don't know many men. That yeah. I can't, my brother don't know how to grease a scalp. Like, I, 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 like, I, mean, I remember growing up, and he was like, uh-huh. what? And I was just like, all you got to do is part and put the grease there. And, yeah. like, that's really, that's. That's really impressive. It also sounds like you've always had rapport with women then. Oh, yeah. Coming back from your sister all the way to the present day. Yeah, rapport with women has uh, never been a struggle. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, um. Y'all hear this. But, uh, yeah. So she asked her, and I did her sewing, and, um, at that time, you know, everybody on campus seen it. So I remember that was right around the fashion show time. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dorm room being loaded with ladies coming to get their hair done. I so, believe it. Yeah. Where were you at? You know what I'm saying? When I was in college, that'd be great. <laughs> so where so when you were in college, uh-huh. is that when you I know that's when you were doing hair, but when did you go into business officially as Mr. Goodstitch? Mr. Goodstitch wasn't really born in uh, until 2013. So, mm-hmm. I um, 
I was working in corporate America, mm-hmm. so I worked yeah. full time in corporate, and I did really well there. I had a stack of awards this high. I trained other associates. Um, yeah. There was, uh, I had uh, what was it, the president's luncheon? You know, all of these different uh, yeah. accolades at the job. Yeah. Well, I lost my job in 2013, but mm. it's, it's yeah. I call it my October the 18th, 2013, my day of liberation. And I, I refer to it as that because I had worked at Fidelity for about five years, did really well there, and I always did the uh, sewings on the side. So worked from 8.30 to 5, then from yeah. uh, 6 to 10, I was stitching it up. So clientele kept growing. And I never forget on the 17th of October, ladies um, were calling me for appointments. And I said, listen, I work a full-time job. I'm, I'm booked for the month. So then the next day I lose my job and I was devastated because, you know, like I said, I had all of these accolades at the company, training, exactly, you know, but Mm -hmm. I thought back to my grandmother. My grandmother always told me it's always good to have more than one stream of income. And then I also thought about, you know, my grandmother used to always tell me I was talented and I was blessed. So I said, you know what? God didn't bless me with these hands just as like a side hustle or a hobby, but I can succeed. So in that moment, everybody who called me on the 17th, I called all of those ladies back. And I said, listen, I got an open calendar and I'll be happy to do your hair next week. Can you come in next week? And my first week of being unemployed, I had a full lineup of uh, ladies coming to the house. I just bought a house and just built a salon in the house. I had a 40 hour lineup in that house. You know, doing the sewings, you know, doing something that I enjoy doing. That's incredible. So that's incredible. One, just how resilient you were, because you know, again, not to generalize, but most people like if they lose their job, like it's a whole moment. You know, you you know, whoa, it's me. You're gonna cry. You're worried about it, and you uh-huh. just you know, and the old adage, you turn lemons into lemonade. Like you're like, all right, well, let me call this these people back to get this business going. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't act oh, like you know. know that moment happened immediately. Like, okay, let me, let me get my hustle on it. That didn't happen. You know, I was shocked, you know what I mean? But, um, and, but it was a blessing because I worked there for years and I always wanted to go to hair, um, school. So I wanted to do like part-time or adjust my schedule, but Fidelity couldn't quite accommodate me. You know what I mean? Yeah. The company that I work for. Yeah. I wonder if I should have not named the company. Oh, I, I mean, I I'm super grateful yeah. for the company, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned a lot there. Yeah. Uh, working in finance, um, doing consultations, totally helped me uh, operate the way I operate my business now. So I'm grateful for that company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm grateful for them letting me go. Yeah. You know, sometimes God will tell you to shut it doing you won't, and he'll close it for you. Yes, he will. So, yes, he will. I'm telling you, so many yeah. times I look back on, like, just experiences and how it felt very devastating at the moment. But then you're like, oh, you know, I really grew from that, or I really learned a lot from that, or how it shapes you into the person you are today. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. So, can you tell me... A little bit about that process because I know you said it didn't happen immediately, but that you did call them back. Like, what was that? What was that like from losing your job uh-huh. to growing a successful business? I tell you what, in the beginning, it was so nerve wracking. Yeah, I was yeah. used to working for this corporate company. You know, I get my a paycheck that I know I'll have every week, and in every yes. three months, I knew I was going to be expecting a big bonus every three mm-hmm. months. 
So those bonuses were gone. Time off was gone. Sick time was gone. So it was nerve-wracking. Insurance. Exactly. So it was nerve-wracking. But when I tell you God provided, God provided like I never, um, I, 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 it worked out. Um, when I first started, um, during that first week of, um, sewing hair in my home salon, one of my clients said, listen, Carl, you should set up an Instagram page. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, maybe I will. So I started setting it up and I'm like, hey, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm setting up this page, but it wants me to have a name. Should I just do Carl Ken or, you know what I mean? <laughs> People always associate me to Superman. I saw you know that. I mean? I was like, so, okay, I was like, I'm not going to say nothing. You know, Carl Ken. Yes, yes. I've gotten that all <laughs> my life. So I was like, I don't know what I should put my name under. And then I remember one of my clients saying one time, well, you know, you got that good stitch. So I said, you know what, Mr. Goodstitch, mm-hmm. every woman needs a good stitch. So uh, that's when I came up with the name. I set up the uh, the um, the profile, yeah. and I started posting pictures. And within the next couple of months, the phone calls that I would get, you know, people would call me and say, "Hey, I want to get a lace closure sewing." Yeah. At that time, I was really hot for that because in this area, a lot of people weren't doing lace closures, yeah. Yeah. and if they did, they used glue. I did it without adhesives, without mm-hmm. glue. So women were calling me from DC. Mm-hmm. Then I got a call from Atlanta. Oh, and I'm yeah. saying, wait a minute. Okay, you crossed the state line. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it okay. took me from being um, in this really tight knit network, you know, how it would start like I would do somebody who maybe worked for Wells Fargo. Yeah. Then the next yeah. minute, you know, their whole department is coming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then it would be, you know, this job, and then everybody from that job would come. Well, it expanded from just this localized network, this tight-knit network in North Carolina, to women calling me from D.C., Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, wow, you're in the hair mecca, and you want to ch- take a trip to see me? Yeah. And um, it, yeah, it started growing. Yeah. It really started growing. And at that point in time, I had never list, missed a uh, payment on my mortgage, never mm-hmm. missed a car payment, you know, so uh-huh. yeah. God was providing. Yeah, so was. at that point, yeah. I just learned, you know what, have faith, you know what I mean? Have faith, you know, and my faith has been like on 100 ever since. So. I agree 100%. Yeah. I have found, I don't know if it's just come with my work now or just with the different ventures I want to do, that that's really what it's about. Like, I do not worry like I used to anymore. Uh-huh. I find I'm just like, I'll just be like, God, I just need you to do it. And I'll say it just like that, just like, okay, look, you you know your job, right? It's time for that void, right? Yeah. And so I really find peace in that. And however um, it's resolved, I'm, I'm at peace with it because I'm just like, God will do it. God will provide. And if, I'm telling you, I, I can't speak for other people, but I have seen God show up I in so it. many ways. So many ways. I hate like, it. Wow. No bills, no business, mortgage still paid, business booming. Yes. Crossing state lines. Yes. So that that happened in 2013. You know, so I'm grateful. You know what I mean? I'm definitely grateful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, entering in this industry as a male, you know, it's such a a female-dominated industry. And it has its reputation for, you know, cattiness. But I was never really met with any of that, you know. So many women stylists embraced me, you know, and were referring clients to me. 
So I was cer mm -hmm. certainly really grateful. I remember Shadira Nicole um, from the Weave Bar Raleigh. Yes. I never forget. Um, she sent so many clients my way before we actually met based on um, a client of hers that came to get a lace closure. So when she didn't, she still doesn't do closures, mm -hmm. but she's a, she does a great uh, sewing, but yes. she just didn't do closures. So when her client sat in the chair, she told her about the consultation that I did built into the, uh, mm -hmm. into the service. Mm -hmm. She uh, talked about the literature, the paperwork that I had her sign. And, you know, she was really impressed. So Shadira Nicole sent so many Shadira, ladies my way. And you said the weave. The weave bar. The weave bar. Raleigh. Raleigh yeah. Okay. Shadira right. Nicole. Shout out. All right. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, she does awesome work. Okay. But, you know, I was just embraced by so many ladies. So um, even I used to have conversations. I met, do you know Deanna Owens, So Natural? She's in no. Durham. Mm -hmm. Deanna Owens, oh, she she's a great talent. In the hair industry, okay. she's so yeah. she's so talented. Um, she was working on a set of blackish. She's done so wow. much uh, with extensions. You know, who would ever wow. think extensions, we'll you know, would far. take you so far? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I remember meeting her back in like 2014 or 15. So sometimes we would talk, you know what I mean? But I was just always embraced by so many people in this industry that has such a, a reputation for being catty. I never really experienced it. You know, so I was grateful for that. Yes. Yeah. So tell me this. So why no adhesives? Like I, I know my reason, but tell me your reason behind not using adhesives when you're doing um, lace closures. Okay. So, you know, I have nothing against adhesives. They definitely have come a long way. Mm -hmm. But when I started doing sew-ins, it was back in 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. That was like the emergence of the lace front wigs that you could buy at the beauty supply. It was no longer something you just seen on TV and you couldn't figure out how that looked so natural. Mm -hmm. It now was something you could pick up at the beauty supply. So a lot of ladies were picking up the wigs and they were getting uh, the bonding adhesives yeah. and they were gluing yeah. it down themselves. Mm -hmm. So at that time when I was kicking off the sewing game, for me, when I was kicking off the sewing game for myself, you know, a lot of ladies were coming in and they didn't have hairlines anymore yeah. or they had like severe damage from glue. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was always like, you know, I want to be able to do this. I want to give you the same look, but I want to do it without the adhesives. So like I said, adhesives have definitely come a long way. Um, yes. You know, they have become a lot more protective in the ways they do them. But because I built a business on being glueless, yes. Being Mr. Yes. Good Stitch yes. and not Mr. Good Stick, yeah. you know what I mean. I like that. You know, yeah. it was yeah. it was kind of hard to you know cross that line. Mm. You know, but again, nothing against them, but it's just I build a business on so being completely glueless, so I kind of yeah. stick to it. Yes, I see. Um, you know, we're in your shop. I see where you have the remedy, remedy, excuse me, growth cream. So tell me where that came from. Is that because you noticed some of the hair, the hair damage or the hair loss? Yes. Yeah, so you know what? When I started, you know, in around 2013, you know, I have all of these new clients coming in. So I'm getting women who have been in so many different chairs. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, women would show up and say, you know, I brought my pain pills. And I'm saying, oh, you know, I'm doing a stuff. Pain pills, Tylenol, ibuprofen, Advil. Oh. And I'm saying, I'm doing a sewing, not surgery. Why are you bringing all this medication? And they oh say, because it's going to hurt. But we, this is a, you know, culturally, yes. since the time, 
you know, ladies or little girls, they're taught that beauty is pain. Mm. And there's a sacrifice that comes with that teaching in this edges. Mm. I meet women mm -hmm. with these, you know, hairlines mm -hmm. that are behind their, their ears mm -hmm. because from mm -hmm. little kids, if it's that. not tight, right. it's not right. You know, right. beauty is pain. If you want it to yeah. last, you need it to be tight. Oh so I would meet these women coming in and it's their first time in the chair. And I'm saying, listen, if your hair hurts like that, if, if you, if this is a painful experience, you're in the wrong chair. Yes. So I would tell women about using minoxidil. You know about minoxidil? I never heard of it. Minoxidil is like the active ingredient in products like Rogaine or Regrow. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's the active ingredient in that. It's a liquid. It comes in a bottle. And women, I would tell them to use it. So they would rub it or massage it into their edges. So the first woman I told, she came back about six months later. She said, Carl, the minoxidil you told me about were wonders for my edges. But she said, because it's a liquid is running down my face and the beard that came with <laughs> it doesn't match my outfits. So, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> okay. So, you know, liquid was an issue, but yeah. I, yeah. I weighed pros and cons. We got our hair to grow. Right. But liquid right. was an issue, you right. know? No woman wants facial hair, you no, know? No, not like that. Yeah, then I had another lady try it, and minoxidil is great for uh, creating growth and yeah. kicking your hair back to the antigen stage. Okay. It's really great for that. But when, um, with that, it's a lot of alcohol in the project, in, in, the, in, the, in the product. Mm -hmm. So that can be drying specifically for African-American yeah. hair. Yeah. So yeah. it was too dry for her, you know, although she had hair coming so, you know, I thought about it and I said, well, you know what, let's mix it up with some essential oils. Let's mix it up with shea butter. Mm -hmm. Let's mix it up with some really rich nutrients. That way the hair isn't dried out and we can get it to the consistency mm -hmm. of a cream yeah. versus a liquid. So now I got it in a yeah. cream form. It wouldn't run down anybody's face and we didn't have to worry about it drying out the hair. So, you know, I would uh, use it on some of my clients yeah. and... People would say, damn, how'd you get edges? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, they won't do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I remember one client, you know, she's kind of uh, vocal. She just said, listen, I've been bald all my life. <laughs> I love people that are transparent. Yeah. Those are my favorite people. Okay. Yeah, okay. so she said, you gave me hope in a job. So, oh, you know, I started mixing it up for other clients, yeah. but that's how Remedy Broke Cream was born. Okay. So. I love that. Y'all y'all can't see it, but like he's even got the stages from where it's growing and I'm telling you it's 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 pretty significant. Oh. Yes, two times. Yeah, I have an eleven year old oh. and a six year old. Excuse me. Uh -huh. How do you balance all of this? Because I can imagine. <laughs> you know, honestly, yeah. um my kids are like everything to me, right? So family yeah. comes first. Um I'm now single. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. I'm now eligible again. Okay. So learning yeah. how to uh, balance yeah. and find time for like self-care has been a little different. Like I had to yeah. learn how to do that. Yeah. I was somebody who always worked. It was like always working family, working family, working family. Mm -hmm. You know, so then once, you know, I became single, you know, it was like, okay, I have, there's some nights I don't have my kids, you know, some nights my kids are with their mom. So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I have some free time on my hands. What am I going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And um, it took me some time to learn to kind of get back into mm -hmm. things that I enjoy, things mm -hmm. that make me happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But having that time, um, I've, I've learned to make that happen now. Mm -hmm. You know, have more, you know, 
more time to social life. Though social, I'm not a person that has to be outside all the yeah. time. Right. You know, but I like going out too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially working this job and being in this room. Yeah, you have all to the get time. Out. Getting outside yeah. is definitely important yes. to me. Yes. So making time for that, but also, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take my kids to an event really quickly. Like if I'm out hustling my um, my remedy growth yeah. grade, yeah. usually I'll have my kids with me. Uh, if it's not both yeah. of them, one of my sons are there. I'll have him ringing up customers for me. And I have like a little yeah. side gig catering as well. Okay. So, you know, you'll catch me at some of like the hookah lounges in the area yeah, or some of the yeah. nightclubs in the area actually catering. I take my kids with me. So, I like yeah, that. Okay. I mean, they work, you know. So, you keep me. So, family and business, it sounds like you can incorporate that or at times, like when it's when it's uh, plausible. Absolutely. You incorporate family. Absolutely. When it's plausible and sometimes when it's not, because sometimes yeah. you have to do what you have to do. So, like my youngest, he's six. He just graduated uh, from kindergarten. Um, oh, yeah. We share the same birthday. Yeah. Uh, for his birthday, from him mm-hmm. going to different like night establishments with me, and because I go to cater, so you know he may catch me at one of the hookah bars mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and we're there together, and I'm there to work out, you know, uh, an agreement, you know, with the owner. So he's been in these establishments. So he thinks he thought for his birthday. We were going to have a joint birthday party at the hookah okay. bar. <laughs> so I okay. said, no, sir, we can't. Being mighty, I'm glad you think well of yourself. <laughs> However, yeah. you <laughs> After his graduation on Wednesday, he said, you know, Dad, maybe maybe we can go to Peace and Saint after. Oh, time for my kids but again i'll take them to venues with me mm-hmm. whether it's a hair venue whether it's one of my catering gigs i'll take them with me and you know they learn to work and they enjoy it because yeah. they're going to make a little a couple of dollars while they're there well that's important you yeah know. now gotta capitalize on it I, i'm not bad at it i'm like run me my, run me my <laughs> money there and go free work yeah business and then it's absolutely i mean that's how i grew up i grew up hustling at a very young age yeah. i sold candy in my neighborhood then oh, I remember, okay. uh, I remember taking my candy money, and every time a new Disney movie came out, I made sure I had it, and I would rent out the videos <laughs> to kids in the neighborhood. Wait, so. no, I love it. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> every every dollar, it's like, no, you can make more money from this money. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I do remember growing up, there was the you know the freezer cup lady. Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember, someone had a vending machine, somebody had candy in the neighborhood. Oh, they didn't have a vending machine. They didn't have a vending machine? No. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. My um, my grandmother, when we would go visit her, there was someone, I don't even remember where, probably across the street, you know, a few houses down, but they had a vending machine. And uh-huh. we would go and buy snacks out of a vending machine. Wow. Now, my grandma, I don't think my grandmother did, did anything, but I remember her making us freezer cups. But I just remember that, you know, just how in the, the community, like how the community survives and thrives. But those are some of my, you know, those are those near and dear core memories. Of Absolutely. But yeah, so you out here getting candy, now you get movies, renting out movies. Yeah, I would rent out all the Disney movies. You know yeah. what? I thought, <laughs> that's just very, that's Now, I've always creative. been an entrepreneur, very you know, creative. so I try to, uh, you know, transcend that or move that mm-hmm. to my kids you know mm-hmm. what i mean so mm-hmm. but i always have them a part of you know a lot of the things that i do mm-hmm. i don't know have you seen any of the reels that we uh, have on the ground oh we have a great reel it's one okay. so during valentine's day a couple guys hit me up like listen i want to get a wig for my wife or i want to get a wig for my what? Valentine's Men are day. Getting wigs 
For Valentine's Day. I am. Yeah. You're going to be clutching my fake pearls on my <laughs> So listen, Whoa. on Valentine's Day, I was, you know, because it had to be top secret. They're trying yeah. to surprise the lady. So I didn't want to just hand them a wig in a box. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, they need to know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So we're riding, and I, I remember being on Pool Road. You know, Pool Road, you know, it's a rough area in certain Pool places. Yeah, I and uh, I remember meeting <laughs> one guy over there, and I put the mannequin. We had it on the hood of his car. And I had it on, I have like this little, I have this little wine, Lazy yeah. Susan, oh, so I took that with me. Yeah. So I had it on the hood of the car and I'm out there spinning the wig. And there's all these guys around me while they're, he's filming and I'm spinning the wig. So one of my clients seen me and she said, Carl, <laughs> she said, listen. <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, my she business. said, like, she said, listen, she said, you've been doing my hair for years. And she said, I've seen you uh, featured in Martha Stewart before. I've seen you do all of these great things. And I'm riding down the street, and I see all these guys surrounding you, and you got a wig on the top of the car. She said, why do you have to sell hair? Are you selling dope? <laughs> because, because that's why. I'm yours. So she said, you ain't, you ain't always slinging rocks. These are, this is wigs. These are extensions. So we did um we did a reel, my boys and I. Yeah. She said a light bulb went off. So we did a reel. My youngest my youngest son is outside, standing on the mm-hmm. corner, mm-hmm. chains on, hat on. You know, I have my clients pulling up, rolling down the window, you know, and he's you know, he's like a yes. corner boy, but he's not slinging rocks. And I tell him, Hey, we're gonna make this money and right. I show them how to make the wigs. You know, I you know, we're using okay. the powder, the bleaching powder. Yes. Okay, you know I'm what I mean? And we did a whole play on, you know. I have to watch you it. Know, it. It was. That it sounds was, fun. Yeah, sounds fun. a lot of people hit me up. People, yes. people kept saying, "Listen, Carl, can y'all make some more?" Yeah. That real made That's my day. Good. So, but we're slinging wigs, not rocks. Right, you know not I mean? rocks with wigs. Absolutely. I would have counted that question to my client, like, "Why are you over here?" <laughs> Why are you where I'm at? Why are you over here? Oh, no, she loved it, though. <laughs> you know, but you know, I'd be able to ask. I got a calendar. Well, I was on pool road with the wigs, uh-huh. handing them off, but I also uh, delivered a wig over to Target here yes. at night, though. Yes. You know what I mean? So, it doesn't discriminate, right? Yeah, I mean, the right. fellas, I'm sure they were winning when they pulled their oh, wigs off from Valentine's Day. I certainly did. Yeah. Certainly. Maybe some Valentine's Day, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I try to include my kids on everything that I do, but we also like like balancing that, just like scheduling things. Like every Friday, every other Friday, I take my kids skating. They love nice, skating, so nice. we go to Trayvick Road. Oh, I know what we talking about. Yeah. yeah, United States. Yeah, so I people see us on like Facebook or Instagram and other families come out. We had one night with 13 families joined us, you know, just from watching it. So just making time, you know, and then teaching them the business. So that's how I balance. Yeah. What do, What do your children think about the work that you do? They They like it. My uh, son, he brought home this bag of popcorn for Father's Day, and it says, "How old is your dad?" And he put eighty two. <laughs> but it asks, right. you know, what is your dad really good at? And he said, doing hair. You know what I mean? So it's something he's proud of. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, he's I proud. Of and I remember my oldest son. I remember a teacher asking him one time, she said, Ashton, do you like my hair? He said, um, I think you should go see Carl. <laughs> my, my, my oldest son, he's my bonus son. Oh, yeah, okay. so I'm Carl, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, he, he let her know like who that. she needed to go see.
Okay. So I, I can't imagine life without my bonus son. You know, he, um, his mom and I are together, but you know, he's here along with my youngest son. They, they're here the same amount of time. So I love my oldest son, you know, yeah. you know, he was there before, you know, my, yeah. my, my first born son. So yeah. yeah, I love my, I love both of my kids. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. You sound like you are, um, a present and engaged, a family man, present and engaged father. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm the parent that, uh, I don't want to say I harass my son's teachers, but you know, I like to make sure yeah, you know, you're okay. they're doing what they need to do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know my brother, he um he jokes about um, he's co-parenting as well, and he'll be like, you know, I want to be the fine daddy at the PTA meetings, you know, because I want to be that bad. Yeah. So he's also very involved, but he's like, that's his that's his little joke. And I'm like, hey, like whatever works. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, fatherhood is hard. <laughs> I don't think people I think a lot of times uh, mothers get a lot of recognition, and I and I would say as a fellow woman, I, I understand, but I also think sometimes um, we can over, I don't say overlook, but I think um, just the connotation that comes with men and in the black culture and the black community can sometimes be um, overshadowed by some of the, you know, some of the not so good things, but there are good fathers like yourself, and there are men out here stepping up to the role of being fathers. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I had a client one day. She said, you know, I watch your Instagram and mm -hmm. she said, I always see you, you and your kids out. You guys are always doing something. Yeah. And she said, you know, I just, I don't see that. And when yeah. she said that, I, I, I understand that, you know, you may get a different perception through the media, but just my own interactions, a lot of times when um, my kids, friends, when we do meetups, it's always the dads. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just not myself, you know, I don't yeah. think I'm this rare dad. I feel like there's so many dads, but mm -hmm. I just feel like the light never shines on them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I see so many, I mean, we do meetups at McDonald's for the kids that are just playing the playhouse, the skating rink, mm -hmm. the movie theater. Mm -hmm. We do, you know, just meetups all the time. The museum, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, we did a Harlem Globetrotters uh, game. Uh, my uncle, he is a referee for the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm -hmm. So when he comes in town, I try to make sure my sons are there, but I'll try to take all of their friends. So I remember the last time we went, it was eight kids and eight dads, you know what I mean? And when I showed that picture to my client, she's like, wow, I, I just didn't think this was real. I'm saying, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying know. to find words, but I can understand why, you know, again, it's not something that you feel like when you stream. And when you think about, you know, black families and black communities, more times than not, <clears throat> the father is is uh is absent. Or, he, or even if the father is a part of the family makeup, um, usually the father's seen as the provider. There's not this um it's not this person who's emotionally available. I think we're just getting into that curve. We're just coming into that place where fathers are present and engaged and emotionally available. But oftentimes it's either like they're there or they're not. And even yeah. if they are there. I feel like in yeah. 2022, 2023, mm -hmm. healing, mm -hmm. you know, and creating yes. healthy self yes. practices and the way you treat others is becoming more of a trend. You yes. know what I mean? Definitely. So, you know, yeah. I hope everybody, you know, gets the healing and the therapy yeah. they need because, you know, kids, they need their fathers. They need their fathers. You know what they I mean? Do. So they definitely need their fathers. Um, what advice would you give to a father or, or yeah, fellow fathers that maybe they have challenges with that. Uh, maybe they 
didn't grow up with a father, so they're kind of lost on how to be engaged. Maybe they, they just don't know. Maybe they're co-parenting, like, you know, maybe they were in a relationship and it didn't, um, it didn't pan out. What advice would you give to help them be like, hey, how can you show up and be present for your children? My advice, you know, there's so many things that can impact someone, mm-hmm. you know, for them not to be present. But I always say, listen, dig inside of yourself. Yeah. Find that little kid. Become that little kid and have fun with your mm-hmm. kids. And that'll make it easy. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think inner child work is wonderful. Um, I, I tell people all the time, like, hey, I'm a big kid. Like, yes, I work. Yes, I have things that I do as an adult. But when I have time or when it's like when I'm off the clock, right. that's when it's like you really need to enjoy yourself. And just let loose. Sometimes I, I use the... There's a term in this book I read um, called Hood, Hood Feminism, um, and she uses it's called Black Cool, and okay. so it's kind of this idea of like you know you can't do this because it's not cool as a comedian. I'm just like I I don't fit that description. I don't subscribe to it. I'm very much you know do what makes you happy. Like you said, find that inner child and do those things that I mean, you can connect with with yourself, but also with children. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, and just you know, you can get lessons from anybody. So yes. if you had a yes. if you had a father that wasn't present, mm-hmm. you can learn from them in two ways. Mm-hmm. You can learn to be the father that they were not. You know what I mean? I agree. You yes. know, there, there's so many ways to get lessons. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, my father. I was very very close with my father. My father became one of my best friends. But there were lessons that I learned from my father on things not to do, um, and there there were lessons that I learned directly from my father on what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I, I agree. I think about the relationship with my father and kind of same thing. It's like, you know, there's lessons in every every aspect of life. And I used to think like, you know, if a man didn't have his father, that maybe they would know what to do. But I realized, kind of like you said, like now we're in this place of healing and dealing with our traumas that trauma really does a number on you. Absolutely. And even though you, that may have been your experience, it doesn't mean that you know what to do. Or, you know, it could be on the other end of the spectrum where um, you're over compensating because of your lack of, of your father or a parental figure. Because I don't want to just put it all on the bed. It's like it's just parents are people first and people aren't perfect. And I think sometimes that gets again overlooked. I hear you. I think you know that's a, a great point of mm-hmm. overdoing things as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we get in a mindset of I want my kid to have everything that I didn't have. Yes. Well because you didn't have certain things that may have contributed to how you are in a positive way. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes we can overdo things in that manner as well. I agree. Okay, so going back to you and your your business ventures, um, tell me like what are some what are some of the lessons you've learned? Like some of the good and the enlightening. That's that's what I'm going to use. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would say just kind of like listening to the clients. You know what I mean? You may have a vision for somebody, but, you know, if you just kind of follow their direction, you can give them exactly what they want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that'll make it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've learned that from other clients who, you know, they come here and they're like, OK, well, I've been to this one, this one, that one, this one and that one. And they can't get it right. OK, well, let me just listen to exactly what you want and yeah. we can make it happen. You know, that's a, I, I hear that and I receive that, but. That's that's one of those things that easier said than done. Uh-huh. I think I think from both parties, um, because you know uh, I think it, it takes a, a part of humility 
if you've been in the game for a long time, like yourself, you've been doing this for quite a while. Honestly, it started from, you know, childhood and you just continue to develop. And then someone comes in your chair and you're like, okay, you know, this is what I want. Sometimes people, their egos can get in the way. And okay. so, I know I, I agree, but it's just mm-hmm. like, wow, like how do you, I guess, how do you <clears throat> find that space? Then also for some clients, sometimes clients can be a little challenging too. It's like, hey, I heard you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So that's how, so have you always operated from that? Absolutely. That so that when Mr. Goodstitch came about in 2013, mm-hmm. something that was really popular across the nation were like these assembly line uh, salons where like you show up, you pay your $50 at the door, mm-hmm. you sit in a chair, somebody grades you, then you go to the next chair, somebody stitches you up. Then you go to the next chair for your cut and your style. So women felt like they were on a, an assembly line. It was nothing custom about it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like women like custom work. So when I stepped Very in, true. it was, yes. you know, anytime I do uh, someone's hair the first time, we don't start in these styling chairs. We start in my waiting chairs. We have a conversation mm-hmm. about your hair history, um, I give you an opportunity to really paint a picture of what it is you're looking for, you know, and then I get that hair, that hair history to figure out what steps I need to take to get you there. Um, but just listening and asking a lot of questions, you know, definitely sets you up for success. So I, the way I look at it, let me take ego out of it. Yeah. Let me take myself out of it. You know, what is this person looking for? And to me, that's what keeps ladies coming yeah. back. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like a good before, good clientele because when you feel like you're being understood and you're being heard, you're going to come back. Right. Wow. Right. Now I will interject and say, hey, yeah. Um, yeah. I understand you want this. I think mm-hmm. this may work better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And hopefully that's received, you know, mm-hmm. but ultimately, you know, if you listen to your client of what they're looking for, you know, a lot of people don't do that consult. They bring their client in. Their word is, yeah. they actually say, what do you want? They show a picture yeah. and then they go to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to ask questions. Okay, tell me about your lifestyle. How is it important for you to, how important is it for you to pull your hair back in a ponytail? Mm-hmm. Do you work out? Mm-hmm. Do you sweat a lot? How long do you anticipate keeping this in? I ask tons of questions and that yeah. really helps direct the yeah. experience that they're going to get from, from that point on. I, I agree with that. Not and and I'm again I choose my words, but I'm at a place now where if there isn't a consultation, it's it's you know it's a flag. I'm not gonna say it's red, but it's definitely a flag. It's a flag <laughs> for me because I'm like, so you don't want to know about my hair? Um, you know, I've even got to a place where I appreciate consultations, or um, if it's not on their um, website or on their service page, I'll reach out and be like, hey, can I come a few minutes earlier so we can talk about my hair because I know that's the kind of service that I like, and I think. I think um, maybe some of the, you know, I guess the younger generation or our, um, what is it, Gen X, Gen Z, I don't know. <laughs> but I know, like, I think they're more um, um, open to that versus some of the um, some of the older people. Because I'm like, well, you know, you can really benefit from a consultation. And some people are like, she, they charging. And I'm like, well, pay them because their time is money. But it's valuable because then you get to tell them what you need and they get to tell you what they can do. You can Absolutely. figure out if it's a good fit or not. And that saves a lot of time. And disappointment, you know, or a lot of time, and you'll be like, "Oh, this is a good fit. Let's let's keep going." I hear you. I definitely. I support that. Um, tell me this. So, hair is always evolving, like in this industry. How do you um, how do you keep up, or how do you make sure that you are up to date with any of the new techniques or new styles? Tell me. So I I I don't mind. I like doing classes. 
Okay. You know, yeah. I, I like learning. You know, um, however, although there's there's so many trends, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to hair, mm -hmm. I'm not the person that's going to jump on every trend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, so yes. Yes. I I don't mind being classic. You know what I mean? I like that. Uh, okay. I don't mind being classic. Yes. You know, yes. uh, my goal is for when somebody leaves my chair, I want them to look natural. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, that's my goal. So, you know, that's the clientele that I usually attract. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know it may be cool or trendy to have like your name written in cursive in your in your edges. Child. But, uh, <laughs> that's not something that yeah, I Yeah, I know. I'm for. trying to laugh at it. I'm just like, ooh, you know? yeah. I'm just like, that is a yeah. what a time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I am, um, so I, I'm more, it's more important for me to just stay classic. Offer natural looking mm -hmm. services mm -hmm. because you can't ever go wrong with with natural. You know what yeah. I mean? Versus right. uh, trends all the time. Yes. So because trends come and go. They do. I feel like that when it comes to styling too. Like you need to be, you know, do what's classic, do what's mm -hmm. gonna be a timeless piece versus what's trendy. Talk about, yeah. but uh, so tell me just for fun. Um, as a stylist, what what are some of your favorite hairstyles on black women? As a stylist. As a stylist. So I like so many different styles. Um, yeah. I like I like braids. Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I like braids. I like shortcuts. Mm, like a bob um, or like. I love cuts. bobs, but I love pixie cuts. But that may be yeah. more of me speaking as a man. <laughs> I love a woman with a shortcut. I feel mm -hmm. like women when they walk in the room with a shortcut or short hair, I just feel like they exude a certain level of confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, so shortcuts, big earrings. Mm -hmm. That's my thing. I, I love. But again, that's me speaking as a man. Yeah. In terms of um, uh, me speaking as a stylist, I just love black hair in general because it's so versatile. Whether it's natural, yes. whether it's relaxed, whether it's straight, whether it's curly, whether it's yeah. sewing, whether it's natural. Yeah. I just love the complexity and, and the fact that uh, black hair is so versed. So me as a stylist, I can't really pinpoint that. Yeah. I can look at it from a financial aspect okay. and I'll say, mm -hmm. me as a stylist, everybody should be in wigs and sewings. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, yeah. I love the versatility that black hair has. I, I agree with you. I, I call it a privilege that we have. You know, it's like every every person or some people don't get this privilege as far as like being able to have different ways to style your hair. Sometimes it's like this. It's a bit, <laughs> you know, and it's you know they do with it what they will. But I definitely enjoy that about um, being a black woman, just knowing that I can I can wear any style, and it's just it's always gonna be it's always gonna be fine. It's always gonna be something that people are like. Well, where'd you get it from? How you do? Like, don't worry about that. I love that. Yeah. So, okay. So tell me, as a man, what are some of your favorite styles? That's what I was saying. I love shortcuts. Yeah, shortcuts. I love ladies with shortcuts. Mm -hmm. I remember um, growing up, I probably shouldn't have been watching it, but um, Boomerang. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was it? Uh, uh, BTO. Oh, BTO. <laughs> I was like, you watch that too? Oh, man. I did watch that too. I never forget Nelly with the cord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have been watching Uncut. Yeah. <laughs> but now as a little kid, I remember watching um, Boomerang, which I shouldn't yeah. have been watching. But I remember um, Eddie Murphy, and he was going back and forth between Robin Gibbons mm -hmm. and Holly. But it was something about Holly with that shortcut. Oh, man, I, I, I just I love women with shortcuts. So yeah. Holly Berry, the Amber Rose cut. I remember yeah. watching 
this I shouldn't have been thinking like this, but 12 Years a Slave, the first time yeah. I seen Lupita Nyong'o, yeah. oh man, I was so captivated, captivated by her beauty. Mm-hmm. I thought she was so gorgeous and she had a brush cut, yeah. you know, but I just, I love the confidence that women with shortcuts exude mm-hmm. when they walk in the room mm-hmm. with a shortcut, you know, whether it's relaxed or right. whether, you know, they wet it and it curled up, yeah. you know what I mean? Whether yeah. it's a brush cut, I've, uh, years, man, no, I, okay, y'all, y'all hear that? Now, listen, I do not endorse mansplaining, but this is not mansplaining. He is, he is giving his honest point of view, his yeah. honest opinion of what he likes about women. So we're going to talk to some about women's uh-huh. hair. It's funny. Uh, some of my boys are like, yeah, I like, um, I wish, I, I, or I like, I like uh, women that wear natural hair. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. I've worked with your woman's natural. I don't know that you, you know, right. will appre- like, appreciate that because what you're considering natural, right. you're not, You, I know you don't ever, you know what I mean? Like you so don't like, know what that is. Yeah, a lot of times yeah. guys will say they like natural but not have an idea of what that mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. They don't know that that means no relaxer. You know right. what I mean? Right. They don't know that that means without a blowout. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't get caught up in all that. I like yeah. the shortcuts. I got hope for you, man. This, yeah. You know, I got hope for y'all. We, we all, <laughs> just like men don't know all of the, you know, ways around a woman's hair, women don't know all the ways around a man's hair. Although it seems a little bit simplistic, that's just my perspective. Um, okay. And I, one thing that um, I appreciate about you, something that you share with me, is that when you do uh, do your um, your sewings or your installs, is that you make sure it's flat. So there are no speed bumps. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Very. Quality, quality. Absolutely. I want to make sure, you know, like when I have a client in my chair, I'm, a, I'm like, okay, this is my woman. Yes. I know I'm going to want to run my fingers through it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to get stuck. Caught, you know <laughs> what I mean? I want to make sure that feels smooth. And then I know, oh. ladies, when y'all go out, a lot of times people like, they want to touch your hair. Yes, they do. So I want yes. to make sure that that feels smooth to touch, yes. you know, to make people second guess. Good look. I, I appreciate that. Okay, yeah. good looking now. So uh, before we close, tell people where they can find you at. You can find me on the gram, um, Mr. Good Stitch. Um, That's where all of my, you know, business pictures and information is at. So um, Mr. Good Stitch is my handle on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. And happy early Father's Day. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time. I'm just so excited to, to be here and to learn more about your work. Listen, I appreciate you for giving me that call and yes. uh, setting this up. I'm so happy to be a part of you. your conversation. I love the title. Yes, thank Deep you. Deep Conditioned Conversations. Yes. I love that. I love that. So, yes. yeah, so thank, thanks for letting me be a part of this. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I hope you were able to leave with more information around hair care, especially when it focuses on lace closures or extensions. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to like and follow Deep Condition Combos on Instagram and TikTok. Our handle is Deep Condition Combos. And if you would like to make an appointment with Carl, visit his Instagram at Mr. Good Stitch. Until next time.